Hello, welcome and kumusta and thank you for joining me today. What I would like to share with you in this uh, session is I'd like to share with you some tips on how to do assessment or tips about assessment. And when you're meeting the patient for the first time, some of the pointers that you can use for your practice. Well, tip number one is do not be afraid of the patient. Okay, so at the end of the day, you're a therapist, you're a one person, and you're meeting another person for the first time. So there's no need to be afraid of that. So the patient may be sick, they may be ill, they may be attached to a lot of things. As long as you don't do anything yet, you don't tug, you don't pull, okay, there's nothing that you have or that's nothing that you can do that can potentially injure a patient. So tip number one is do not be afraid, okay? Tip number two, it is as straightforward as talking. Think of yourselves as two people having a conversation. Yeah, so that makes it easy and simple. So all it is, is you're not afraid. You come in, all there is, is two people having a conversation. Tip number three is um, be curious. Okay, so you're there. When you're assessing somebody, you need to be curious. You don't have to have uh, uh, a list, but it's that normal curiosity. Think of yourself as going to a date professionally, okay? So just get to or on a party. That's a better way of saying it. So think of yourself as going into a party, and here's this person that you need to talk to, and you need to find out about about them okay so tip did i say number three now so tip number four is be, be curious about their about who they are and what do they do and what they, their day is like throughout the day so how do they do their shopping uh what their hobbies are yeah okay so that's that's one way or what was their job in the past and do they have family members? Okay. Or do they live in a house or a bungalow? Yeah. So it, it, it opens up lots of of points of discussion. And when it does, it just makes you pick out the occupational history of the patient. So that is tip number four. So it really falls down on you is as an occupational therapist establishing who the person is seeing the person and meeting the person and having an overall picture of who the person is you are trying to get the occupational history not just of job but of the person's values of their interest what makes them tick their day-to-day -day processes their roles that's what you do okay and then tip number five so after doing the occupational uh, 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 information, for example, um, just find out what you want to do is whether is this person, answer yourself, is this person, are the information that they're giving me is reliable? Okay. 
if it is reliable then that is good yeah but if it is not you can just have that casual conversation because you might be able to pick a few things out of that conversation and then the next thing that you need to do is then you need to get all of these occupational history and stories to the person to the next of kin or the significant people who knows the person okay so uh and is that right to do it without getting consent i mean remember as an occupational therapist the patient is not just your patient you know the patient and their next of kin is a part of your clientele okay so if i'm a doctor i would only look at the patient but but as an occupational therapist our patient and our client is the entirety of the patient so the patient is just half of the equation or a third of the equation because there might be a few other things or another uh, things that we need to actually factor in okay so that's another tip so after knowing who the person is what do they do what makes them tick whether they are reliable or not then the next thing that you need to do okay is you need so that's um, now you've done the establishment uh, or you've established the occupational history the next thing now that you need to do or just be to put it in your mind before you start to move the patient the next thing is you need to actually find out what they can do okay so that's another tip find out what the patient can do and you can now this time there is a chance that you might move the patient okay oh oh before doing that actually what you need to do is during the conversation that you're having with the patient you need to ask the patient so what is wrong you know find out whether the person uh, knows uh, if something is wrong with them Whoop. okay so just you need to find out if they have an awareness of the problems okay them being in the hospital means that there is something not right and tell them why are you here so you need to find out that so you gauge the insight of the patient and then for example if they're there for a medical reason the next thing that you need to do is if the doctors say you can go home do you anticipate any problems do you see any problems if you get sent home now and then you will then establish some of the concerns of the patient if they have and if they don't have any concerns you'll find that out as well okay so there you go so first is don't be afraid of talking get the occupational history and then the next thing is find out what they feel is wrong okay so they have an in insight of things so that you find out if they have an insight and then the next thing that you do is now you need to find out what they can or can't do okay now before you do this it is helpful to know what the condition is this is the time where you can actually go and establish have a look at the person's condition because every condition there might have an associated precautions to it okay if you are to move a patient it is then that you need to establish what the conditions are and you can just look at the, look at it in 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 the notes medical notes 
or you can ask the patient, ask the nurses, uh, and then find out knowing. You have to be quick in identifying uh, what the precautions are. For example, if somebody has had some hip operations, so uh, hip replacements, then the precautions that would come into your mind would be, okay, what are the, the precautions after the hip surgery? Okay, so is it weight-bearing? Is it non-weight-bearing? Okay. So if they are there, for example, with a heart operation and they've had some drains, you can see that there are drains, so you've had that observation. So what are the precautions for that? Okay, you don't tug it, you don't trace the drain above uh, uh, the site where it's being drained at. If there's catheter, you don't pull it. Uh, if they're on monitor for a heart monitor, for example, do you need to make sure that the blood pressure and everything else, is there a precaution? Is there a limit to those things? Okay, with stroke, I mean, false precaution is the one thing, moving and handling precautions, those are one thing things that will be make it difficult either for you or for the patient so after knowing that so you've established what the precautions are and then now you need to do what they can and can't do so the first thing that you do would be establishing their your primary concern is their their ADLs or activities of daily living if they're in the hospitals or they're definitely not working leisure is a little bit more put on the side as well um, but you can think about the leisure because you might be able to use that as your treatment so now is no about knowing what they can and can't do so that is now the the physical assessment and there are three ways on how you can actually find out okay so the first thing is as the patient tells them is as reported by the patient so you can find out in that respect the second one is how it is reported to you by the multidisciplinary team members, particularly the nursing staff or the carers. And then the third one is through a direct physical observation. Okay, so after that, so the person either does it or doesn't do it. And it's now just a matter if he doesn't do it, then how much level is required with their personal care? Is it uh, special nursing care does it need two people does it need one people does it, person does it need supervision does it need set up okay those are the only things and how does it compare to their previous abilities yeah okay it's getting a little bit more hefty now okay so you're getting a bigger picture of things the story is getting bigger okay and uh, the next thing after that knowing what their uh, um, another tip would be uh, if it is difficult for you for the first time then by all means write down some some guiding questions if you want okay because it builds up over time uh, but if you follow my advice about curiosity it will just be so simple believe me I have mentioned this and I have tried this with some students who are actually second year students and uh, after two or three weeks I can leave them establishing baseline of the patients. They are more comfortable, they are more relaxed with patients and they're able to assess the patients um, and they're able to, 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 to look after the wards particularly in their assessment. Okay, uh, so 
and then what would be the final point? Yeah, uh, just just be comfortable and be relaxed. So these are some of the techniques when you're making an assessment. What you're doing is having a picture of the person, an entire performance uh, history. You now you're not, and you're, what you're also doing is trying to find out what is wrong, but don't spend so much time on it. I know it looks very cool that you are acting very scientific and very medical. That 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 seems very cool. But then, you know, if you're spending about 30 minutes in just trying to find out and digging through all the medical history is is really a waste of time. So it, it goes in through uh, with practice and it will come to a point where all you need is what is the diagnosis and so you'll have a picture already of what the functional limitations as are associated, what the functional limitations are, uh, the functional limitations that are associated with those diagnoses. Okay, um, what else? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's about it. You know, these are some of the tips uh, with regards to making your initial contact with the person. So do not be afraid talk to the person at the end of the day it's from one person to another you have to be curious and it's good because it the first meeting is about building a therapeutic relationship so the initial interview on its own is already the start of intervention because this is the part where the therapeutic relationship is actually uh, being established so there you go, guys. This, these are some of my tips when it comes to assessment and in making that initial assessment with the patient. And this, these are, again, some of the pointers that I have obtained and I have learned throughout the years. Uh, again, this is more on some, some anecdotal tips and pointers. It's mostly uh, uh, discussion or advice that you know coming from the wisdom of an old clinician to a younger one okay so i hope you learned a little something today uh hopefully this makes your practice a little bit better um just remember anything that you do matters and has an outcome until next time bye